forgot my card, everybody. Good morning. Uh, my name is June, and I'm very, very grateful Al-Anon member. And to me, this uh, is gratitude month in Al-Anon, and I certainly have a great deal to be grateful for. And for the new people here, I can't tell you how glad that we are that you're here, and I hope you keep coming back. Because this is what they told me in the beginning, that just keep coming back. And we still say that today. Just keep coming back. Uh, uh, Jack did a terrific job. And uh, last night, and my husband's a miracle. Very proud of him. But I'm very, very proud of me. Uh, this is a family disease. And I, I know that that's true in my family. Uh, I want to thank you for your hospitality. It's been wonderful. And we had a visitor last night. My fruit basket that you gave us, which is nice, and I had breakfast out of it yesterday morning. <laughs> but that visitor we had last night was a thief. He came in and he raided my, our fruit basket. And I put it out on the patio so that <laughs> in the... Side, it was too warm, and you could smell that fruit. When I walked in the door, I saw it. I took it out, where it was a little cooler. And that squirrel had a field day. <laughs> Jack went out there to get it. I said, don't leave the fruit basket out there. He brought it in. He said, what's been in this fruit basket? Look at this. <laughs> and that was, he, he said that my husband has a, a gift of humor. He said, well, we had a thief in the house last night. For sure. This has been raided. Uh, everybody has been so nice. And it's good to be back at Rush River. I think this family disease, but isn't this wonderful? This is family recovery. And I'm very grateful for that. My uh, spiritual journey began, my youngest daughter is 48. She was two years old when I came in the program. Uh, Jack had been going to some AA meetings, and uh, George, who's an AA member, he stopped by our house that day, and Jack had, was out drinking again. And he said to me, June, I would like for you Melinda's youngest daughter, the other two children were in school. Uh, Debbie was in the fourth grade. Tony was in the third. And uh, we have three children, uh, two daughters and one son. George took me up to meet Gwen, the baby and I. And I listened to Gwen. And I informed her that if I had to do this to hold on to a man, I didn't need it. Because you see, I didn't like Jack very well. We'd been married probably 12 or 13 years. And we had a good visit. And after that, George stopped in again the next week. And things weren't any better. They were actually worse. And George said, Come on, go home with me. Gwen's at home. I went with George, Melinda and I did, 
And I was ready to listen now. And that's when my journey began. I started going to meetings in my home group. I've always had a home group. My group in Lexington is the Friday luncheon group. And, of course, you know, your home group is your favorite group. And mine certainly is. And I have a new sponsor now. Gwen passed on about four years ago. She and I were best of friends from that first. When I first met her, we stayed friends for about 40 years until, like I said, until she passed on. Uh, she lived, in, I went into the fellowship in Green Hills, Ohio. And in my group, uh, my first meetings were, uh, I had Melinda on my hip and I cried a lot. And they let me bring that two-year-old and she was good. But there was, they were happy. You know, we hear it that it's a program of attraction. And for me, it certainly was. Gwen was a very knowledgeable person. Ruth had such wisdom. Nellie had such passion. And Wilma had the spiritual part of this program. So Gwen was my sponsor. But all four of these ladies were very important in my recovery. And the AA people, they were in our house a lot, the spouses. of my friends who were in Al-Anon. And my anger and my hurt. And of course, you know the hurt came before the anger did. Jack and I uh, were married in 1955. I graduated from high school. And I don't know if you all know about Caney Creek College or not, but they accepted... Uh, the president of the college, before you got in, Haney, Alice Lloyd College, she interviewed you. You had makeup on and you weren't there to get an education. She didn't accept you. Well, I was one that she did. My mother uh, had her heart set on me going to college. Well, I had my heart set on something else. <laughs> uh, it certainly was a privilege of getting exception at Caney, but I didn't want to go to school. You see, this young man came in the fountain where I was working. I worked for his brother-in-law and his, his sister. And he had a smile that was unbelievable. And I said to my friend Marlene, she and I were best friends, and we both were seniors. We graduated. But we went to school for three years together. And... Uh, Put that nickel back then in the, in the jukebox. And he played a song and standing back there laughing and he had the, he was something else. <laughs> I said, Marlene, who is that? She said, that's Jack Tipton. I said, he's cute. She said, stay away from him. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he proceeded to come up to the counter and he ordered his drink and while we're standing there talking, of course, Marlene and no Jack all were laughing because, you see, when my dad died, I was raised in Pike County. But when my father died when I was 
probably, I was about 14. And mom, in a year or so, she moved us over to uh, Wheelwright in Floyd County. And Marlene said, no, to me. A challenge I've always liked, I guess. <laughs> so he came up to the counter, and we're all talking, and he said, I would marry the Queen of Sheba. <laughs> uh, so that was the beginning, and we had fun. It was back in the Chubby Checkers. I don't know if all of you can remember uh, about him and Fats Domino, and we were doing the twist. So we all went out, to, we had this little place that we went to, and we truly had fun. I had never seen Jack drunk. I, I saw him drink a beer, but they did. And then one night, we were either going or coming, and we double-dated all the time. And they all had their beers, and we drank them. You all drank them in the car, too. And you know, today, that wouldn't work. And uh, I said, I'll have one. I held that beer up, and I just let it go out the window. And Jack Tipton said, that takes a fool. No big deal. <laughs> I still poured that beer out. Because, you see, we didn't drink. I grew up in a family that they did not drink. Mommy didn't allow it in the house. I had four younger brothers. I'm the only girl in that family of five. And no card playing, no, uh, you couldn't have got one of them to bring a beer in the house. It just didn't happen. Jack never did. He, all the years after we were married, it was just something that just didn't happen. And I grew up in the church and had a good life. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Adams, we walked. My friend Janice and I did a mile and a half to school every day. And on Fridays, when we went to young people's meeting, we just went and spent the weekend with Mr. and Miss Adams. That was our minister. And Miss Bevins, she paid my way to Southland Bible Institute. So that was a way of life for me to go to church. So I had that. And Jack told me about his problems. And other people did too. You know, this is a small town. And they, by the time it got around there, buddy, it was a big tail. So Jack didn't lie to me. He told me about uh, his problems that he had had. Didn't mean anything when he said that he had been in prison. Jack had a tender heart. Uh, he truly does this day. And I, my reply to him when he told me, I said, it's not what you have been, it's what you can be. Because I truly believe all Jack needed was someone to love him. And my understanding of love at that time, I could do that. I had four younger brothers. I loved my brothers. I knew what it was like to love spiritually, to love God, my understanding. And I'm so grateful to you that you gave me a God of my understanding. I didn't come by that easily. And the 12 steps of recovery, admitting that I'm powerless over other people, admitting that I'm powerless over the alcoholic in my life, 
that didn't come to me easy, uh, easy either. I remember Nellie in the beginning. I was struggling with that, being powerless over the alcoholic in my life. Because, you see, I hadn't accepted that alcoholism was a disease. The spiritual part of my life before, alcoholism was never mentioned as a disease. Uh, I struggled with that. But Nellie said to me one day, she said, I don't know how long I'd been around, she said, June, you can't deny that your life is unmanageable. I could buy that 100% because by the time you got me, I was totally whipped. I was confused. I was sick. I was sicker than my husband was, and it took me years to be able to say that. So those first three steps, I had lost that spirituality that I had, the faith that I had as a child. I couldn't understand what I had done that was so bad that God was punishing me. And so that was my spiritual, where I was spiritually when I came in this program. But it took three or four years for me to really surrender, for me to really believe in my heart that alcoholism was a disease. Alcoholism is a family disease. And I could not cure. I didn't cause it. I couldn't cure it. And I couldn't fix it. I think that requires keep coming back. I see young people come in today and I'm so happy for them. They're better educated, I think. They have a greater understanding of alcoholism. As a, My youngest daughter, she was in high school and uh, her friend Kathleen had been in our house all through high school because her mother had to leave a pot, uh, pot County and go to uh, come to Lexington with her son. Some kind of sickness in the family. So they were having a discussion one day in their health class and these girls were either juniors or seniors. And they were probably a health class talking about alcohol and alcoholism. And Kathleen puts that hand up. The girls come and told me this. Melinda did. Puts her hand up. I know an alcoholic and I love him to death. Melinda's dad's an alcoholic. <laughs> uh, Melinda was raised up in this fellowship. She's been to lots of meetings, Al Anon NAA, and uh, she was proud to say her dad was an alcoholic. It didn't bother her one bit. This is what this fellowship has done for our family disease of alcoholism. Uh, it hasn't just been Al-Anon, it's been AA too. My children are very, we've been blessed. There's been lots of alcoholics in our home. There's been lots of Al-Anon members. Uh, it's a way of life for us. It's kind of in our blood, and we love it. People just like you have given us good lives. Yes, it's been a struggle. And sometimes recovery has come 
quickly and sometimes it comes slowly. But the, I'm a firm believer that, you know, the people in the fellowship carried me for years. Uh, but the secret to this program is the slogans, letting go and letting God. Those fir first three steps, the surrenderance, and coming, we come to believe, and make uh, the third one, and making that decision. To me, it's very simply, I can handle it. My higher power can, and that's God. And the willingness to let him. There's a, there's a world of wisdom. Letting go and letting God with my adult children, knowing they're more secure with the God of my understanding who brings joy, hope, and peace. To he has a plan, I've learned in this program, for them the same as he had for me. And I don't have to run the show anymore because, you see, I was a good excuse for Jack. Today, I know that with all my heart. He could have just blamed it all on me, and it would have been the truth, because if he needed a reason to drink, all he had to do was come home. I don't blame him. I wouldn't have come home either. <laughs> I really wouldn't have. I didn't have any control. Uh, and that first step, getting my emotions under control, on my paper here, you all saw me with my little card. It's got, I have it written out there, think. I uh, need to think what I'm going to say before I say it. That's so much easier today. My son is an addict, and he's still active. And Tony's 55. It's so different today than what it was. I have compassion for my son. Going to open AA meeting, having close AA friends, my husband. This has given me compassion for my son. I can honestly say to my son today, I love you, Tony, and I can leave off the part. I don't like everything you do. I don't have to tell him that. So I don't have diarrhea the mouth like my spouse. <laughs> I am very, very grateful for the alcoholic in my life. If it wasn't for the alcoholic in my life, I wouldn't have this compassion for my son that I am blessed to have today. And then the fourth and the fifth step, making a search and fearless and moral inventory. The honesty of this program, I heard a lot from my sponsor and in my group about getting honest with myself. Before I got here, I thought I knew what honesty was. Now, I learned to cuss as well as Jackson. I learned to uh, be sneaky, lie. I had many character defects, but I also had a lot of assets. Because, you see, one time I told, I was shared with me that I was a survivor. That was an insult. <laughs> I didn't like that when she said it. Junior survivor, you'll be okay. Thought a lot about it. 
and I'd heard at the meeting, if it bothers you, you need to find out why. So I got to thinking about it, and I started looking and trying to get honest with myself. I'm not a survivor. I'm not a poor me. I was a poor me. And I decided I'm a winner. And how did I decide that? I decided that by taking an inventory, realizing I am not perfect. I had to face issues. And how do we say it? It's like peeling the onion. Layer comes off. And in many areas, it's, that onion's still getting peeled because I'm still growing and I'm still learning. And the character defects will just show up. Did you all ever wonder where they come from? I thought I had this one licked. But it boils down to the fact each day, uh, taking that inventory, I had the it covered those twelve steps covers every base. You know, we do the inventory and having God ready to move all these de defects of character up and then they just keep popping up with me. But today, uh in making that list of all persons we had harmed, I that list I had to be at the top of that list because I was the person who lost my self worth. I was the person who was so tightly wrapped around the alcoholic. Our disease was a de disease of act and reaction. Jack would act, and I just got sicker and sicker and sicker. Uh, so I, I had to be at the top of that list and making those amends. I had to make amends except I'm who I am who I am. And only had to live it one day at a time. And I couldn't have handled it more than that. Today I can make amends. I make many mistakes. But when I make amends, I can say I'm sorry. And if it hits me in my daily inventory in the evening. I can also, the next morning, I get a chance or the next day to make those amends and don't really have to say anything. It doesn't always take a, an action. It, saying it, it takes some action because you also told me when I got busy, I'd get well, well-er. And that's what it's like today. I wished I had time to go in further with it. You know, and making amends to my mother, she passed on. I was able to make some amends to, to Mom. But Mom and I went through that after she had passed. I got my chair, and Mom was in the other chair, and I just poured my heart out to her. There was, that brought me peace. That brought me joy. I disappointed my mother. Mom loved us unconditionally. I can't say that she was married, but I can tell you this much. Mom loved Jack as long as she lived. Uh, made no difference what he did, and I'm certain that Mom shed many a tear because she did worry about and took 
Uh, so mom and I had our had our talk because she was from the old school. She never ever believed in our the all and a way of life. Uh, she listened, but she didn't give that positive. I think there was a period of time that I needed it. I can only change one human being and that I live this and I know it. I've tried to change other people. It doesn't work. Every now and then we can take hands and we can skip along and have fun. As long as we as long as I don't try to dominate. Because you see my basic nature is I want to do that. Like I told you, I have four brothers when I was youngest. Daddy died when I was young. And I became the caretaker of mom and my brothers. My mother was a passive woman. I don't have that nature. <laughs> I am a reactor. And now, by the grace of God, I have my red light. When one of my adult children or my son-in-laws, I got some son-in-laws, and they're wonderful men. My daughters, if I picked them myself, I couldn't have done no better. Uh, and we have seven grandsons and one granddaughter, and she's my namesake. You're talking about a grateful heart. You people have given us a wonderful, wonderful way of life. Uh, I've talked about the 10th step, and now my favorite in this day and where I'm at at this time in my life is that 11th sought through prayer and meditation. Our program is a spiritual program. You gave me permission, and I respect your higher power. My relationship with God he is the creator. I saw the sun this morning, and it was absolutely beautiful. And between the lake and the heavens, this is a God that I serve. I think this was a God that I had when I was young. This is where my peace, my joy, and my happiness, and this is where all of you came from. He sent you into my life. He sent you into my family's life. You have been aunts and uncles to my children. Uh, we're an extended family. So in the 50s in eastern Kentucky, there was no jobs for our generation. So we had to leave home. We went to Chicago. That's where I got to 20 questions. Uh, we had some good fights. Somebody says, how have you all been together for 50 years? Well, you should hear me when I tell outside this fellowship. I can say it to you and you all know. But my goodness, so those other people, they say, how in the world? Because you know, they don't do that much anymore. These young women and men can say, they just move on. I said, we had a lot of good fights. Well, boy, they just don't know. We did, didn't we, buddy? <laughs> if there is such a thing. But yes, even our good fights have been good because our spiritual journey has been great. And 
we can only be winners because you see, we've always had people just like, and God sent you folks because you see, when I first came in, I went to the churches, I went to the ministers looking for help, and they listened to me, but they didn't understand what I was talking about. They meant me no harm. Their knowledge, they didn't understand the disease of alcoholism. But when I came and when we found you, we found where it's at. That feeling, it was a feeling thing, first group. When those girls talked, it was just there, and they gave me hope. What's my mission today? That last step. After having a spiritual awakening, we try to carry this message to us. When I can, I have sponsored a lot of girls. My first in sponsoring a new person, I'd better be doing it for myself. Every time I have to, that I share with her the principles of this program, it tells me who I am. When that new girl comes through the door for the meetings, two or three weeks ago, we had this young lady that see how afraid she was. She come in and she said, is this Alan? And we said, yes. And the tears just started rolling. She sat there through that first meeting and she never said a word, but the tears continued to roll. And I thought, this is what it's about. She's still coming. The tears are drying up. She's talking. It's my privilege because it helped, it keeps me humble. It keeps me remembering what it was like. And in order to keep it, you told me. If I want to keep it, I need to give it away. And I've been blessed to do that. And again, I'm the winner. It keeps me on the straight and narrow. And then I see this person walking out of this confusion and the light coming on in their face, the tears turn into a smile. See them begin to grow. And that's what it's all about. The hope that we give to one another. Because you see, before I got here, I had no hope. And they remind me, and they, the main thing that keeps me coming back is I have to. In order, I can miss two or three weeks of my meeting. Believe you me, Jack would probably put me out the door. And he very lovingly says, you haven't been to a meeting in a couple of weeks, have you? <coughs> I am blessed I don't have that chemical balance within my brain. If I did, I'd have to keep coming back <laughs> because I don't have. And so therefore, in order to keep my thinking straight, because my compulsion is I do my 17-year-old grandson. The other day I said to him, now, Jack, you need to do this. And he said, now, Granny, you need to do this. 
And Jack don't have any idea what he said to me. But I sure gave him a big old grin. I said, I love you, Jackson. Oh, Granny, I love you too. You know how they are. <laughs> so our lives are good. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for your support, your love, and your comfort. And this has been a wonderful weekend. I thank you so much. <laughs>